0: Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello, and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Top story on this week's show: Gen Con. Gen Con, the biggest gaming convention of the year. August 3rd through August 6th in Indianapolis, Indiana. I was there. Let me give you the rundown. First, Gen Con overall, great convention. It's a great convention. A lot of things there. The big thing I saw there, a new card game debuted, Lorcana. It's a Disney-licensed card game. They use Disney characters. Lines every day, huge lines every day to buy Boosters to buy starter sets to buy all of the Lorcana product. That was the big thing at Gen Con All of your other big game companies were there Magic the Gathering huge presence games I'm familiar with WizKids My Hero Academia Universus Final Girl Star Realms Hero Clicks Fantasy Flight debuted a new game Star Wars Unlimited Card Game. And just... So too many vendors to name. Too many vendors to name. But there's only one vendor you're interested in if you're listening to this show. SRG Universe. Super Show The Game at Gen Con. And it was only Super Show The Game. There was no Wager. None of the other games were there. The surprise hit of... The Super Show the Game releases wasn't a competitor, wasn't a box set, it was a playmat. They debuted a two player playmat that had spots for leads, follow up finishes, discard pile, your deck, your competitor, had some rules written on it. That was a big hit. They used those for every demo, and they had a limited number on sale. And those, I believe, sold out day one, Thursday, if not maybe a few into day two. But pretty much Friday afternoon, and I think actually Friday day, I think they all sold out Thursday. I'm not 100% confident on that, but I know people were asking about them all weekend. And SRG Universe didn't have them for the majority of the weekend. Outside of that, competitors. The Plant-Based Bruiser, along with Hank the Tank and Jack of All Trades, all together in one set debuted. We had, and let me check the name here to make sure I have this right, we have the Deranged Monarch that debuted. This is a flip competitor based on King Carcosa. It's a new variation of King Carcosa. The first four cards in the microphone line, this is the New Weapon Series in the submission card slots that debuted at Gen Con, and they had extremely limited supplies of the promo cards, of the Gen Con-logoed daily promo cards. I think with the exception of the Saturday promo, the promos for the other three days all went very quickly. By the end of the day, they were all gone. Those were very popular, and they went very quickly throughout Gen Con each day. Some competitors that have only been available at conventions or in payoff packs and mystery boxes were there. Sofa King, Eddie Fury, the new version of X-Royce. The Meeple's Champion was there. And slight correction. There was a point later in the weekend where I was doing commentary on the triad match. And there was a miscommunication between the Meeple and I about competitors. I was talking about the TVA Commissioner Drew Madsen's competitor. He thought I was talking about his competitor, and so he mentioned there were only four left. I thought he meant there were only four Drew Madsons left. There were only four meeples left. There are still plenty of Drew Madsons. We also saw The End. The two competitors that debuted at Southern Friday Gaming Expo were there for sale. They also had Matt Cardona's and some Ravens out there. The only one I saw sell out was the Raven. I didn't see Ravens still for sale on the last day. All the other competitors that debuted at Gen Con, they still had copies of at Gen Con. Additionally, I haven't touched on these yet, but there were some promos if you bought certain specials. They have their lunch special, their dinner special, based on the Chinese food restaurant aspect of the story of the legendary fighting federation if you bought these specials you could get two new competitors and they're not quite new the competitor the character has existed before these are new versions of those competitors new gimmicks on the competitor card three new finishes same logos as the previous versions those two competitors are papa wheelie and the Lexi the Punk Rock Pixie. Those who had to buy specials, there was also an apparel promo. If you've got an apparel promo, you received a brand new Tornado Tag Team competitor-only card. The name escapes me at the moment, but it's a tag team of Lexi the Punk Rock Pixie and Unicorn Princess. They are now on a Tornado Tag Team card together. And, of course, with the new Lexi, that's three new finishes. Lexi is also available in the Chamomile Tea versus Sage the Wicked Witch box set. Pop Wheelie is in the Rising Sun versus Big Shot box set. So those two box sets had those competitors. They had a lot of box sets on sale. They had all three of the main starters: Snake Pit versus El Super Hombre, the other two I just mentioned. All of the brand new boxed Marauders of the Multiverse. The boxed Cosmic Crusaders. They had the Family Faction Pack there, the Brian Cage, Steel Cage deck. They had some random 1 through 27s. They had a lot of product. They sold a lot of product. New t-shirt debuted. New purple T-shirt with yellow lettering, but says slightly different thing than the old shirts did. I don't remember what that is off the top of my head. That's out there if you want to check that out. They debuted drawstring bags with the SRG logo on them. And then they had various hats and things like that. They had the wheel there where you could spin and get a new Altark competitor card featuring the art that's created for the Super Show Go app. And since I mentioned the app real quickly, I don't have any news on the app. I don't know what's going on with it. Last I heard, it's still an alpha for Android only, no progress on the iPhone portion of alpha. That's pretty much it as far as product goes. At the booth, we had, of course, Steve Resk, John Calais, Griff and Jen Briggs. We had Hall of Famer Pat Mulligan there, Loudmouth Leo Larynx, Caveman, and Anastasia Morningstar were the final two rounding out the ring crew, the booth crew at Gen Con. They were both there doing demos all weekend. That's what I have, though, for the product. Let's talk about events and featured matches. And I'm going to go through this in chronological order as I learned about it, as I saw it. So there will be some jumps. I'll start Thursday night, one event Thursday, the Cookies Fortune Tournament. This is the tournament where the winner would face the winner of the Origins Cookies Fortune Tournament and then that winner of the two convention winners, the winner of that match, would receive the Cookies Fortune. Bob Dunn had won the Origins Cookies Fortune Tournament. If he wins this one, he automatically gets the Cookies Fortune. Now, there were 30 players in this tournament. They did five bullet rounds, and then they had a top cut. Four and ones made the top cut. The three and twos had to play in after the play-in matches. They had 11 players in the top cut. I believe the only undefeated was James Booker. As a result, he got a bye into the next round. And so the remaining 10 played off. So we had five winners plus James Booker. So the semifinal round is six players in three singles matches. They did an unusual stipulation scenario. Each match started off with a stipulation. And I'll actually run through the matches right now. The first matchup was Mitchell Manja with Chloe Mai versus The Great Outdoors with PBS. In this match, they started with the steel chain stipulation. The next match was Uncle Bradley as Candyman versus Colin Simon as the Hallow King with them starting with the Liger's Den. And then the last match was James Booker with El Super Versus Chris Brownlee as Luna Hallows, starting with the Steel Cage. And what I mean by starting with is this. When the crowd meter went up in the semifinals, it wasn't the next crowd meter of that stipulation, it was the next level of a different stipulation. So, for example, if crowd meter 0 is Steel Cage, crowd meter 1 might be Liger's Day, crowd meter 2 might be Psycho Circus. Crowdmeter 3 might be latter. It was that way. That's how the stipulations worked. I can tell you that in the match between Mitchell Manja and the Great Outdoors, they started with Steel Chain. They ended at Crowdmeter 3, Psycho Circus, with Mitchell Manja moving on to the finals. In the second match, Uncle Bradley versus Colin Simon. It started with Liger's Den. It ended with Steel Chain at Crowd Meter One, with Uncle Bradley winning. And then the last match, James Booker versus Chris Brownlee. It didn't get past Crowd Meter Zero. It started and ended as a steel cage match, with James Booker going over. We have three matches. We have three winners. We have a triad final match: James Booker versus Brad Eyer versus Mitchell Manja. The first two men, members of the higher class, slash top guys. The last, a member of the Phil Birch's, the big picture faction. So a bit of a handicap match for Mitchell Manja. Just a standard triad match, no additional stipulation. It ends up going all the way to crowd meter four. The winner, James Booker. James Booker takes the Cookies Fortune match he will face bob dunn to see who will be the winner and holder of the cookies fortune after this it's time for the lff world heavyweight championship match the first defense for the grump the grump the champion with fun time bob the challenger brian waitford schmidt of the crime league. now brian schmidt was supposed to be coming in supposed to be driving in Wednesday, he discovers he has a broken wheel. Unfortunately, he is not able to make it to Gen Con Thursday. He doesn't make it the whole weekend. He ends up apparently driving partway there and then turning around and coming back home when he realizes he can't make it in time. But he is counted out. And he loses the championship match via counter officially. I know... In the aftermath of this, people have called for him to get a rematch due to the car trouble, due to his transportation issues. I don't know if that'll happen. I know there are a lot of people who want to see that happen. Will that happen? We'll have to see. But Brian Schmidt ends up losing the championship match by countout because he's not able to be at Gen Con. That wraps up Thursday. Friday. Friday we have the Loudmouth Leo stipulation event. They have up to five bullet rounds in the opening portion of the tournament. If you have two losses, you're eliminated. So four and one, you're in. Five and zero, oh, you're in. I think you may also be in three and two if your last match was a loss. So if you were three and one, you might have been able to make it in if you go three and two. I know there's one round in the top cut. I don't have a lot of details about that round. But after that round, they end up with six people. And all six gentlemen are put into a birdcage match. Let me go through the birdcage match in the entrant order to the best of my knowledge. The first man in was the meeple playing as himself. The second man in was Ben Horseman, playing as the man he created, Hurricane Gonzalez. At the next crowd meter, the once-in-a-generation, generational-type talent, the goat Brock Smith of the crime wave, comes in, playing as little Guido. At the next crowd meter, the grim librarian, Ken Fouché, comes in, playing as the new version of Papa Wheelie that debuted at Gen Con just one day earlier. The fifth man in, a player I'm not too familiar with, Brent Midling, playing as Snake Pit. And then the final man in, former player of the year, at this point, the Origins Cookies Fortune tournament winner, Bob Dunn playing as his creation, Dr. Jake Hill. The first man out of the match is Ben Horseman. He is eliminated by Brent. The second man out, also by Brent, is Bob Dunn. The third man out, again by Brent, the GOAT Brock Smith. Brent is on a tear. The next elimination, though, is from a new competitor. The next elimination is by the Meeple. And this is where... Brent's streak comes to an end because Brent is now eliminated. His great run in this birdcage has come to an end. And now it's just the Meeple and Ken Fouché squaring off with the winner of the birdcage match, the Meeple, Craig Brett. Congratulations to the Meeple for getting this tournament victory. After this, we have the Cookies Fortune match. The Origins winner, Bob Dunn, playing as Big Bad Bobby D, takes on the previous night's Cookies Fortune winner, James Booker, playing as El Super Hombre. In a match that doesn't go past crowd meter Zero, the winner and holder of the Cookies Fortune is Bob Dunn. Congratulations to the man from the newly formed Just Business Faction, For becoming the newest holder of the Cookies fortune. The next featured match after this. Is for the LFF Tag Team Championship. The challengers. Are the big picture tag team. Featuring the Phil Birch. Playing here as the Ikuzo version of Fox Assassin. And Mitchell Manja. Playing as Chloe Mai. They take on champions double the fun. Funtime Bob playing as himself. Matt Nealon playing as himself. In a long tag team match that goes all the way to crowd meter 4, the winner, new champions, the big picture. The big picture captures their first ever, I believe, LFF championship gold. They are the new LFF tag team champions. Congratulations to them. One bit of controversy I need to bring up here. It has to do with the gimmick of Fox Assassin. Fox Assassin's gimmick is when Fox Assassin rolls her submission skill, the Fox Assassin player can essentially choose to pick up a card he has in play or a card the person he is targeting, because it is a targeted gimmick, has in play. He targeted Matt Nealon. For most of the match here's where the controversy comes in to my knowledge with that gimmick you can only have the targeted person pick up cards they have in play against you so in this case the phil birch chose matt Nealon. when the phil birch's gimmick goes off he can pick up a card he hasn't play against matt Nealon, or he can pick up a card Matt Nealon hasn't played against him. That is my understanding of how that gimmick should work in multiplayer matches like this tag team match. It wasn't played that way. From what I was seeing, the Phil Birch was having Matt Nealon pick up cards that Matt Nealon had played against Mitchell Manja. Now, I don't know if anything is going to come of this, but they were clearly allowing that in the match. And my read, and I did confirm with Colin Simon, who's helped develop the multiplayer rules, that we both think this is not how it should have been done. I don't know what that's going to mean for anything, but I wanted to point that out because that was something I saw that was glaring. It was allowed in the match. Referee didn't call it. So they are the champions. You can't take that away from them. But does DTF want to use this to argue for a rematch? I don't know. We'll have to see. But for now, the big picture is your LFF Tag Team Champions. Congratulations to the big picture for taking home championship gold. This brings us to the tag team event Friday night. There were 46 players, meaning 23 teams, in the event. Again, they played up to five bullet rounds. A team, when they received two losses, was eliminated from the tournament. After the bullet round portion, they end up cutting to a top eight. I don't have the top eight matchups, but let me give you the semifinal matchups. The four teams that make the semifinals are in the first match, the team of the insiders, sometimes known as Under the Bridge, James Booker playing as Combat Chris here, and Uncle Bradley playing as Candyman. They take on the team of Evan Harris and Ken Fouché, both members of the line. Evan Harris is playing as Colossal Mike Law from the Catalyst Pro Wrestling box set. Ken Fouché is playing as his creation, the Grim Librarian. This was a good tag team. This was a great tag team match. It goes to Crowd Meter 7. Early on, it looks like the insiders have the edge. They are landing finishers. But they're not getting high enough finish rolls. The one time they did make a high finish roll, the line team, Ken Fouché and Evan Harris, make a big breakout roll with the assistance from the save roll, roll of 15, get out. This match ends up going to crowd mirror 7, and after lasting so long, the line team turns it around. Ken Fouché and Evan Harris at Proud meter 7, get the win, stopping the Insiders from making their third straight Gen Con Finals. Hats off to the Insiders, though. Making the semifinals three years in a row is a great accomplishment. But the first team in the semifinals, Evan Harris and Ken Fouché. The other two teams in the semifinals are Baked Outlaws, the team of Sherry Von Danish playing as Danhausen, and the Great Outdoors playing as Ariel Lipstick. And another team from the higher class. We have the Insiders. We have Loud and Grumpy. The team of Loudmouth Leo Larynx playing as the Director of Operations. And the Grump Danny Thunder playing as the Rising Sun. This match doesn't go nearly as long as the other match. It only goes to Crowdmeter 1. Your winners at Crowdmeter 1. Baked Outdoors. Baked Outdoors. Face-off against Evan Harrison Ken Fouché in the finals. And your winners in the finals, Baked Outdoors. Baked Outdoors. Very happy to see my fellow BCW member, Sherry Von Danish, along with fellow Midwest Coaster, the great outdoors, take this victory. All four of the finalists, great players, bracket busters. I don't think anyone would have predicted these four in the finals. They beat great teams to make it. And the Baked Outdoors beats a great team to win the tournament. Congratulations to the Baked Outdoors for winning the Gen Con 2023 Tag Team Tournament. After this, we have the Midwest Coast Championship defended. The challenger, the GOAT Brock Smith, as Little Guido, the champion, the grump playing as himself in a standard singles match that goes to crowd meter one. The winner. Still champion the Grump. Congratulations to the Grump for retaining the Midwest Coast Championship. That does it for Friday. Let's go to Saturday. Saturday, 10 a.m. I've been talking about it for a while now. The 2023 Grand Battle match. I'm a big fan of the Grand Battle stipulation. It's a match type I've only been able to participate in a handful of times because it doesn't much happen outside of the grand gathering we had one at origins i made the final table there i decided to use the same deck i used the same competitor i used at origins in this tournament the rogue anthony gango and i show up at 10 i'm there till 10:15 i'm there till 10:30 nobody shows up so at 10:30 myself with Loudmouth Leo Larynx, former Player of the Year. Bearing Witness, give a 10 count. And at the end of the 10 count, I stand alone in the Grand Battle. I have won the 2023 Grand Battle match at Gen Con, the Grand Battle event. I'm your 2023 Grand Battle champion. I am overjoyed that I'm able to have this success in a format I love so much. You can put me up there along with names like Matt Nealon, who won the Origins Grand Battle, the star maker, Everett Stevens, who won at Grand Gathering 3, Chester the Jester, who won the original Grand Battle at Grand Gathering, the first Grand Gathering. Very happy to have won that. I'd never won a tournament at Gen Con before. I've come close, had a couple second place finishes. But this was my first Gen Con event with my first Convention event win since Origins 2022. So I'm very happy to have gotten that. That was the grand battle. The next event, the Play Pure event, taking place Saturday afternoon. 22 players in this event. Again, players are eliminated after two losses. There's a cut to a top eight. I only have the top four recorded. The top four matches are. In the first semifinal match, it's the GOAT Brock Smith playing once again as Little Guido. And he played as Little Guido for most of this event. And he did very well. He had a lot of top four finishes this weekend. So hats off to the GOAT for a great weekend this weekend. He once again plays as Little Guido. I'm in the tournament playing as my own creation, Lake Guillotine. Now, I should have mentioned this a little bit earlier. I'll talk about it now. Play pure... Pier has a slightly different rule set than other tournament types. You can't use skill requirement cards in your deck. You can't use an entrance card. You can't use spectacles. There are some other restrictions, but those are the basics. It's a very stripped-down, back-to-basics type format. That's the first semifinal match. It goes to Crowdmere 2, the winner, myself. I secure the victory over a great player and move on to the finals. In the other match, we have representing Just Business Bob Dunn playing as Dr. Jake Hill, the same competitor he used in Friday's stipulation event. He takes on former Gen Con World Championship Tournament winner Yasmin playing as Pretty Boy Snow. So, two competitors, very similar Pretty Boy Snow and Little Guido both making the semifinals of play pure. The winner here, though, Bob Dunn. So Bob Dunn makes his second finals of the week with Dr. J. Kill, takes on myself, takes on Michael Kirk, in a main event stipulation match. Very short main event stipulation match. It only goes to Crab Meter Zero. I'd say less than 10 turns. The winner... And new play pure champion. Taking over from previous play pure champion, Colin Simon, who was not able to defend here. The winner also from BCW, yours truly, Michael Kirk. I am the new Play Pure Champion. Bob Dunn is one of the best super show players around. He always gives you a great match. He's going to be in the championship picture as long as he's in the game. And therefore, I understand how big a win this was. Hats off to Bob Dunn for doing so well this weekend. I'm happy to have won the Play Pure championship. And I'll talk about this briefly here. So, many of you may have heard how I'm banned lifetime from championships. I'll talk about that story in a minute, but... Of all the championships out there, the Super Show SRG Play Pure Championship is not a championship like others. It's more like a cup. And I have asked, because this championship is different from the other championships, am I allowed to hold it? And so far, the answer I've gotten is yes. Now, that may change. I may have to vacate the championship at some point, but for right now, I am the current PlayPure champion. I'm very happy to be PlayPure champion. And so I am going to enjoy being PlayPure champion as long as I can. now, the general manager of the PlayPure championship, Jeremy Steigerwald, has not announced when the next PlayPure tournament is going to be, when the championship will be on the line again. I hope I can be there. When that happens, so I can use the Play Pure Championship during the match and attempt to defend the championship. I don't know if I'll be able to. Until then, I'm just going to enjoy holding the championship. The belt is a beautiful belt. And I hope I can represent Super Show and SRG and the LFF and all of you well as the champion. That's where we are with the Play Pure event. Next featured match, the LFF Triad Championship match. Talked briefly about it earlier. The challengers in the match are The Meeple, playing as his own competitor, The Meeple's Champion, and Yasmeen, playing as her own competitor, Runtime Terror. The champion is Loudmouth, Leo Larynx. I will make a brief correction before I go on. I did commentary for this match, as I mentioned on Facebook. At one point, I mentioned that all three members represented a different region of Super Show. Loudmouth Leo Larynx representing the LFF Tri-State, Yasmin representing the Midwest Coast, and the Meeple representing the Deep South. That's incorrect. The Meeple is also a Midwest Coast player. So the two challengers taking on champion, Loudmouth Leo Larynx, with Brimstone having won the championship at Origins Game Fair. This was a long match. It went to Crowd Meter 5. We saw multiple protections where one player stops the finish, played against another player, and has to bury their hand. So this match goes on. It's an exciting match. I would say, next to the Crowd Meter 7 match earlier in the tag tournament, this was the most exciting match. This might even be more exciting than that match again it goes to crowd meter 5 your winner at crowd meter 5 new triad champion the meeple the meeple winning the stipulation tournament earlier and now he's the new lff triad champion i believe this is his first lff championship congratulations to him loudmouth great defense this was a great match everyone played great anyone could have won this Great defense by Loudmouth Leo. This is still the hardest championship to defend. And now it's up to the Meeple to see if he can defend it. But congratulations to the Meeple. And now this brings us to the big one, folks. The Gen Con World Championship Tournament. 52 players. Five bullet rounds in the tournament. We have 12 players with a record of 4 and 1 or better, two undefeated, Chris Pate and James Booker to give you an idea of the quality of players in this tournament. There were 9 players at 3 and 2. One player was eliminated at random. That player with a 3 and 2 record was the SRG BOWS. The remaining 8 played off. The four winners joined the 12 that make the top cut outright. To get us to a top 16, the players in the top 16 are in match order Funtime Bob versus Wiser Wizard in the first match, The Goat Brock Smith versus James Booker in the second, Uncle Bradley versus Yasmin in the third, Matt Nealon versus Ben Horseman in the fourth, Harvey Luster versus Loudmouth Leo in the fifth, The Meeple versus Chris Pate in the sixth, the Grump versus Bob Dunn in the seventh. And the Great Outdoors versus yours truly in the eighth match in the top 16. Again, every player I named in the top 16 is one of the great players. They would all be favorites to win. All people who have had great success in Super Show before. The winners end up being Funtime Bob, Brock Smith, Yasmin. Matt Nealon, Loudmouth Leo, Chris Pates, Bob Dunn, and myself. They go on to the top eight. In the top eight, we have steel cage matches. In the first match, we have Bob Dunn take on Brock Smith. The winner here escaping the cage, winning via special finish, the GOAT Brock Smith. The next match, Yasmin. Versus Loudmouth Leo. Again, with the winner escaping the cage, Loudmouth Leo Larynx. The third match, Michael Kirk versus Matt Nealan. The winner here also escaping the cage, Michael Kirk. I win, I'm still in this. And then the final match, pinfall victory, Funtime Bob versus Chris Pate. Funtime Bob wins. So we have in the top four, two higher class members we had six in the top 16 Two, two make the semifinals we're given the choice to negotiate what we want the four semifinalists if we all agree that's the matchup if not general manager john clace makes the matchup what we end up agreeing to is in the top four i will face loudmouth leo larynx fun time bob will face Rocksmith. So, Loudmouth Leo, playing as the original donation, takes on myself, playing as Theo the Greek Neo. The donation, his gimmick is, at the start of his turn, he may search his deck for a card named Kick and put it into play. He was using the newest version of Kick, a skill requirement card that gives you plus one to your strike skill, Donation has a strike of nine going from memory, so this gives him two tens when he uses his gimmick and puts it into play. Tough matchup. It goes to Crowd Meter One, no stipulation. The winner at Crowd Meter One, Michael Kirk. I win. I go on to the finals. I've won the first two events Saturday. I have a shot to win the third event on Saturday. Huge pressure on me. My opponent is the winner. Of the Goat Brock Smith playing his little Guido and Funtime Bob playing his rolling outlaw. This match only goes to Crowd Meter Zero, the winner at Crowd Meter Zero, Fun Time Bob. So Funtime Bob and I will face off in the finals, but there's a bit of a delay because we have some featured matches. The first featured match, and actually this is the only featured match before the finals, I thought there was going to be more but there ended up only being one. First featured match, the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. The champion, the grump, Danny Thunder, with Funtime Bob, the challenger, Bob Dunn, playing as Reverend Goodbrains. This was a no disqualification, no countout match. It went to Crowdmeter 1. The winner at meter 1, still champion, the Grump, Danny Thunder, to the Grump, successfully defends. Afterwards, immediately afterwards, Bob Dunn announces, I am cashing in right now with the Cookie's Fortune. So Bob Dunn cashes in the Cookie's Fortune, holds it just about 24 hours before cashing it in. Here's how this works. He joins the match in progress immediately after the elimination. So the Grumps hand-size, cards in hand. Cards in the discard pile. Those don't change cards in deck. The board gets cleared after Bob Dunn's eliminated. Then Bob Dunn comes in as big bad Bobby D with the cookies fortune. He gets to start with 10 cards in his hand, and the match continues. They continue on, and at Crowd Meter 1, we see a finish hit with the winner, new champion, Bob Dunn. Bob Dunn Gets it done for a second time. He's now a two-time LFF World Heavyweight Champion. Congratulations to him. Cashing in the cookie's fortune to make sure he walks out of Gen Con, the LFF World Heavyweight Champion. The next match for this championship will be, from what they announced, August 16th. Alec Ventresca will be the next challenger for champion Bob Dunn. Congratulations to bob dunn now will brian schmidt get a shot at bob dunn after what happened earlier this weekend i don't know but we know alec ventresca is going to get a shot after that i'm not sure who's next back to the gen con world championship tournament we are now in the finals folks fun time bob playing as rolling outlaw versus michael kirk playing as 2020 competitor Theo the Greek Neo. No stipulation here, just a standard singles match. Pretty well fought match. I think it went about 20 minutes. It goes to crowd meter two. At crowd meter two, playing a finish off of his gimmick, the winner with an 11, Michael Kirk. I win the 2023. Gen Con World Championship Tournament, I win all three events Saturday at Gen Con, a feat that has never been done before. As many people were saying, it took John Pulverino three years, over a thousand days, to win three Gen Con Saturday events. I did it in just one day. I was not expecting that at all. When I won The 2023 Gen Con Grand Battle Championship. I figured that's it. That's the highlight of my weekend. Going on to win the PlayPure was something I would never have imagined. Going on to win the World Championship Tournament. Becoming the, I guess I'd be only the 8th winner. Because there have been 10 Gen Cons, but one man won 3 of them. So I'm only the 8th person to win a Gen Con World Championship tournament. This was a run I never would have foreseen coming. I don't know if anyone will ever do it again. I'm surprised. I'm humbled. I can't believe I did that. To everyone that congratulated me, to everyone in the LFF, thank you for all of your support. I'll do my best to represent you guys. Now, I should bring this up here. There has been talk. That because I won this, I'm going to get a shot at the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. To my knowledge, the ban has not been lifted. I mentioned this earlier. Let me tell the story briefly of the ban, how the ban came to be. So, almost three years ago, September, so September 2020, because I'd won the Impact Bound for Glory tournament, I was one of five men put into a birdcage against then LFF Underworld Champion in his first underworld championship run kirk polka where the winner would become the lff underworld champion or kirk polka would successfully defend the other five men in the match were brian wakeforge schmidt then the phoenix ev fresh reverend robert torn myself and then the fifth man the last man replacing matt nealon who wasn't announced till way after the other four Replacing him because he received a head injury, someone sneakily attacked him with a shovel, was Funtime Bob. It turns out, and we found this out after he was eliminated, Funtime Bob had secretly joined the higher class. Kirk Polka at that time was in the higher class. That's why he's on the higher class trio, because he's a former higher class member. Funtime Bob was put in there to help Kirk Polka retain the championship. Instead, the other four contenders, Brian Waitford Schmidt, the Phoenix TV Fresh, Reverend Robert Torn, and myself, decided, look, we're going to eliminate Kirk Boca. We're going to eliminate whoever this mystery opponent ends up being, who it ends up being Funtime Bob. And then we will basically take each other on after that happens. May the best man win. And I walked out as the LFF Underworld Champion. Well, this was not how the general manager, John Calais, thought it was going to go. He thought that his two guys would work together, the rest of us would beat up on each other, and he could steal the win. He could get his guy out of the birdcage. And so, as a result, he placed the four of us on a lifetime ban from ever being chosen for a shot at a championship. Now, he gave somebody, he gave one of the four of us an out. If one of the four of us came out and named the person who organized the four of us getting together, that person would have the band lifted. The man who basically told was Brian Waitfort-Schmidt. So Brian Waitfort-Schmidt gets his band lifted. So just the three of us remained banned. Then, to the best of my knowledge, Calais just forgot he banned Everett Stevens and gave him another title shot. So the only two men, to my knowledge, Still banned under that ban are the Reverend Robert Torn and myself. Now, Robert Torn hasn't played for a long time. I don't see him ever playing again. So, effectively, I'm the only person still banned. I've seen people talk about the ban's been lifted, there's no real ban. Nobody in charge of the ban. And by that I mean General Manager John Clay's. General Manager John Clay's has not told me I'm unbanned. So, to my knowledge, I cannot be chosen for a shot at a championship. What do I think about that? I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about getting a shot at a championship. If I get one, great. If not, oh well. Originally, I'd planned on trying to apply for reinstatement after my third anniversary, which would be October 2023. I think for personal reasons, I'm going to actually put that off. I'm going to wait until 2024, October. To apply. The official reason I was banned is because I'm a bad person who doesn't play the game the right way. And I don't know that that's 100% false. I think there's some truth to that. So I'm not going to fight the ban. What I'm going to do is be content being the Play Pure Champion and try to be the best Play peer Champion I can be and see what happens. That's my thoughts now on the whole situation. And now let's get back to talking about the other featured matches that happened on Saturday. The next match after the finals is the Megaphone Leaves Town loud versus quiet match. Loudmouth Leo Larynx playing as himself versus the Grim Librarian playing as himself. If the Grim Librarian wins the match, Loudmouth cannot use his megaphone for the remainder of the calendar year. If Loudmouth Leo wins the match, the Grim Librarian has to stand in the middle of Gen Con, use the megaphone, and make a big, loud scene. Standard singles match. Otherwise, it goes to crowd meter 1, the winner, Loudmouth Leo Larynx. So Loudmouth hands the megaphone to the Grim Librarian and says, Okay, here it is. It's time for you to do what you said you were going to do. Use the megaphone make a big, loud scene. The Grim Librarian says, essentially, you're right, and rips the megaphone, yanks the battery pack out of the back, slows it on the ground, smashes it, makes a big scene, and basically tells off loudmouth Leo, tells him what he thinks of him, tells him he'll continue to oppose him even though he lost this match. And that is the fate of the megaphone. Megaphone's been around a long time. It's sad to see it get destroyed. But just like Eddie Fury's sequin jacket, it is no more, but it will not be forgotten. And then the last featured match of Saturday, the Troller Coaster match. No disqualification, no countouts. Pat Mulligan playing as Pat the Thinker versus Uncle Bradley playing as the Nightmare King. The stipulation of this match is this when the crowd meter increases, the players will get up from their seats, switch places, and begin playing with each other's competitor, cards, deck, discard pile, etc. etc. So, Pat Mogan plays with Pat the Thinker, Brad Iyer plays with the Nightmare King. If the match goes to crowd meter one, then Brad Iyer will be playing as Pat the Thinker and Pat Mulligan will be playing as the Nightmare King. But the match doesn't go past Meter Zero. So the stipulation never kicks in. The Troller Coaster never starts up the hill. And the winner at Meter Zero is Pat the Thinker. Congratulations to Pat. And that's the final featured match of Saturday. There's one more thing I have to talk about from Saturday. There had been a match announced. It was going to be the Old School versus the New Blood over-the-top grand battle match similar to the blue-collar versus white-collar match at Origins. Due to scheduling issues, they switched that from a grand battle match to a series of four singles matches. And if there was a tie, there would be a fifth if necessary. I don't have a bunch of information about those, but here's what I can tell you. In the captain's match, the captain of the old school, Pat Mulligan, Versus the Captain of the New Blood, the Meeple. The Meeple gets the victory. So congratulations to the Meeple for another big win this weekend. In the next match we have representing the old school King Greatness Hall of Famer. Versus new player Hawaii KO. The winner, King Greatness. The third match, Hall of Famer King Cold. Versus new player... Corbin Waters. The winner of the third match, King Cold. So, Old School and all of its Hall of Famers up 2-1. The New Blood must win this match to force a tie, force a fifth match. Representing the New Blood in the final match, we have the founder of the Universe, the Foreman. Representing the Old School, we have the founder of SRG Universe, the SRG BOWS Steve Resk. The winner, the SRG bo No fifth match necessary. The old school wins it. Congratulations to the old school. This brings us to Sunday. We have, on Sunday, a Tornado or Trios event. At sign-up, you choose if you want to play a Tornado Tag competitor or a Trio competitor, and then you play in that tournament. Six people played in the Tornado tournament. Six people played in the Trios tournament. The first matches in each tournament were triad matches. And then it was two losses and you're out from there, singles the rest of the way. The finals of the Trios saw undefeated Chris Pate versus new player Eric Taylor. Chris Pate as the Trio. NWO, Eric Taylor as the Ultra Cosmic Crusaders, with Chris Pate taking the win in the Tornado event. We had Ken Fouché playing as his created competitor, the duo Decimal System, featuring him and the Cannoli. His opponent, longtime player, but haven't seen too much of him. Not too familiar with him. Brian Ogozelic playing as Young Bucks. The winner there, Brian Ogozelic. That does it for the events from Gen Con. There was one thing I meant to mention. I'll go ahead and bring it up now. They did a slight rule change in the tag team tournament. This may be a permanent rule change. I know there's some debate, but it seems like it's going to be permanent. In Tag team matches, this is two players versus two players. They're going to restrict each tag team to only one spectacle usage. So before, each player on a team could reveal a spectacle at some point during the match. Now, once a player reveals a spectacle for that team, that's it. No other spectacles can be revealed for that team. That change was implemented at Gen Con, and I expect we'll see it going forward. That's it, though, for Gen Con. Let's talk about what else happened this week. No other featured matches outside of Sunday Night Fights that I'm aware of. I have some news on the LFF Tri-State Gauntlet match. This is how John Paul has to defend the LFF Tri-State Championship. He's going to be going up against originally four opponents. The winner of each championship match then goes on to defend against the remaining people in the gauntlet until either the champion going in has successfully defended four times or we've had a new champion who's gone through. We could have the championship change each time or one man could win all the matches or some combination in between. Now, the first leg of the gauntlet already happened. Brian Schmidt volunteered to go first. He did not defeat the champion, so John Poverino is still champion. The remaining three were randomly chosen via a die roll for the order. So the next three contenders for the LFF Tri-State Championship are Simon Dabner, the prize fighter, the Screaming Danshe, and Big Match Pete. So at some point, date and time to be named later, John Povrino will attempt to defend against Simon Davin. The winner of that will face the Screaming Danshe. The winner of that will face Big Match Pete. If John Pulverino successfully defends against all three of these men, he will be one match away from tying the defense record set by the SRGBLSS, and who knows what we will see for that match as he attempts, potentially, to tie the record. All right. Let's talk about tournaments from this past week. I'll start Monday night with Monday night fights. We had 12 players on Monday night. Group stages, three groups, four players per group. Top two players per group advance into the top cut. The first round, the quarterfinal round of the top cut, New York rules matches. The second, dark matches. The finals, special guest referee with Evil Ed, the cheesehead, as a special guest referee. Now, two players got buys into the semifinals. The top four in this end up being in fourth place, playing as Mr. Poppin' Twist, Press 1P. In third place, playing as Kid Fresh, the canola. Your finalists were Ryan Pierce, playing as Alex Hammerstone, and Carlos Lombre, playing as Matt Cardona, with the winner, Carlos Lumbre. Congratulations to Carlos Lumbre for winning Monday night. Thursday, we have Chibi's Thursday night fights. There were 20 players in this week's tournament. Four groups, five players per group. Top two players per group advanced into the top cut. The opening round of the top cut was New York Rules matches. The four winners moved on to a claim-the-throne match. This is a variation of a ladder match created by Hall of Famers, the Three Kings. The four men in this match were Eddie Fury, playing as Sofa King, Casey Ryan, playing Cyclone, Alec Ventresca, playing as Kenny Omega, and Jeff McPeak, playing as Ellis Taylor, with the winner pinning Eddie Fury, Jeff McPeak, Congratulations to Jeff McPeak for winning Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. Sunday Night Fights. Sunday, twitch.tv slash SRG Universe. Two featured matches. The first, the LFF Underworld Championship on the line. The challenger, Bobby Ohio. The champion, the big guy, Bobby Ohio, playing as himself. The champion playing as the newest version of Matt Stevens in a match that goes to crowd meter 2 the story of the match being babio's terrible turn rolls the winner no surprise after hearing that the big guy successfully defends at crowd meter 2 babio valiantly kicked out twice but could not survive and eventually gets put down the big guy remains the LFF underworld champion congratulations for successfully defending the most prestigious championship in the legendary fighting federation the final match from sunday night fights the lff tornado tag team championship match the challenger the cannoli playing as the duo decimal system the same tag team ken fouché took to the finals of the tornado tag team tournament at gen con the champion mark perry with f and impact this match also goes to crowd meter two this was a more even match with, I think, Canoli having a slight edge throughout. And that slight edge was enough. He ends up successfully winning. He becomes the new LFF Tornado Tag Team Champion. Congratulations to the Cannoli. And that is going to do it for the news from this week for Super Show. At this portion of the show, I would usually mention that they have not posted anything about the online events for this week. On Supershowthegame.com, they have. As of right now, there is a Monday night fights scheduled for 7:30 p.m. Eastern Monday, August 7th. By the time this comes out, it'll be too late to sign up for that. It was a five-dollar entry fee. The tournament is scheduled to start at eight, but you have to be there by 7:30. It would be random steps in the top cut. There are a number of booked competitors. Check the posting on supershowthegame.com for the list of booked competitors. That's the Monday night event. Thursday night events: Chibi's Thursday Night Fights Gen Con Fallout. Also $5 for the entry fee. It is still in stock as of right now. 7.30 p.m. start time on August 10th. 32-player cap. Round-robin group stages. Top two of each group will advance into the top cut. It'll be a New York rules, no disqualification, crowd meter one match in the top six scene if necessary. Same in the top eight. The top four this week will be a steel cage match. The stipulation in the finals is unknown. Those are the only two events posted right now on supershowthegame.com. I guess I'll also mention this here too. Pixel Palace Pandemonium 4, Columbus, Ohio, September 16th. Create a Competitor Tournament. Tickets on sale on Eventbrite. And from what I understand, the next big convention SRG Universe will be at is DragonCon Labor Day weekend, but I don't have any news about that. I haven't seen anything posted, so be on the lookout for that. No updates on the 2023 CCC. I'll give you those when I have them. And that's it, folks. That's the show. I apologize for the delay, but with the travel, it just couldn't be helped. I would have liked to have gotten this out Sunday night, but that just wasn't possible. Next week's show should be on time. With that being said, I would like to thank all of you for listening, and good day.